listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everybody, to tonight, night three, never-ending victory, keys to never-ending victory. I wanted to play that clip for you guys, both of those clips. That first one makes me cry almost every time, seeing those little kids get filled with the Holy Ghost. And we need mighty revival in our churches just like that. And uh, as you saw, and Judy was there, others were there, and that that last clip that I played for you was uh, a prophecy that the Lord just gave us when we were, I think it was the beginning of September last year. And um, the power of God hit that service that was just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the power of God hit in that service, and I felt the anointing to prophesy. And um, I told you tonight I was going to play both of the prophecies from last year. And uh, that was the first one. That was at Champion Christian Center, Pastors Nathan and Joey Miller. And we were there for a week. And uh, the power of God just started moving. And the Lord had me drip. Now think about this. Think about this. This was last year in September before any of this stuff happened, before anything even, before we even had a whiff of any of this. And the Lord said, take your coat off. You saw it in that clip. Put it over the pulpit and begin to prophesy. That as this coat covers the pulpit, my power, my glory, my anointing is going to cover this nation again. And I'm telling you that this is going to be a year, as we've been prophesying, of violent increase and expedited favor. And I'm telling you, God's moving already. Do not look. That's why we're taking this time to do these sessions in the power of the Holy Ghost to build your faith and teaching on never-ending increase because I'm telling you that God's moving and I'm going to be a part of what he's doing and I know you are too. And we are in position for the greatest year we've ever had. Let me encourage your faith. We are in position right now for the greatest year we've ever had by the power of the Holy Ghost. And um, I don't know when, maybe I'll do it now. I'm just going to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to play the second prophecy for you tonight in the broadcast so that you can hear what we were talking about, that this would be a year, 2020, where God said, and this was in West Virginia, where God said that things that looked like he was in, that he was never in, would be torn down in 2020. And things that he truly was in, that nobody knew about, coming almost out of seemingly out of the darkness, he would lift those things up and raise them head and shoulders above the rest. And I believe that what's going on right now, we will see a shaking, not only in America, around the world. And there will be a lifting up by God, and there will be a tearing down. Things that were built on the flesh, things that were built on fleshly uh, agendas, fleshly plans. I told you the other night, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And so uh, I kind of uh, we've kind of jumped right in tonight because I feel the Holy Ghost on this broadcast. And things are changing for every one of us. You need to share it. Take a minute and share it if you will. I'm going to dive right in because I feel it in my spirit tonight. We can experience the greatest manifestations of the presence of God in our lives that we have ever seen this year. And we will. And we will. God's moving. Do you know nothing can stop his mighty right hand? Nothing. Nothing. 
And so be encouraged. Literally, let your faith be encouraged because you serve the creator and he has power to do what he said he would do. Who's going to tell him no? That's the question. What demon, what devil is going to look at God in the face and tell him no? Well, I know you had plans, Lord, but you're not going to carry him out this year. What devil is going to speak to God and tell him that he cannot do what he said he would do in your life and in mine? There is no devil in hell that can stop God from doing what he said he was going to do. And I'll tell you this, from the book of Romans chapter 8, if God is for you, then tell me, who can be against you? That's the question for tonight. If God is for you, then tell me, who can be against you? Well, the answer is nobody. Nobody. No demon. Nobody can be against you. The devil, no government, no corporation, no antichrist system or agenda. Nobody can be against you if God is for you. And let me tell you, he is for you. He's on your side. He's, you know, one of the things that we need to recognize, he's working even in the background. When people don't see him moving and working, he already is. He already is. And many times we don't see it until he until he's done moving and working. And then we see the whole time he was setting it up for our victory the entire time. Think about that. If God's for you, who can be against you? Let me encourage you right now. God is preparing things for you behind the scenes for this to be the greatest year that the faithful people of God will ever have experienced in the history of their Christianity. And one of the things that I want to take tonight to encourage you with, of course, all this week through Saturday night, we're dealing with keys to never-ending victory. Keys to never-ending victory. And we've talked about a couple of different things already, but I want to talk to you about something tonight that's dear to my heart. And that is this, that by the power of the Holy Ghost, that's why I played that clip for you to start. I wanted you to see the power of God moving even on those young kids. Because you don't have to be 21 before God touches you. You don't have to be 30 or have to be in the church for 40 years before God can touch you. I remember we were holding a meeting just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Some of you might be watching from Gleaning Mission. Our friends, Pastor Steve and Sherry Barbie, and they had us there as their guests for a week of revival meetings. And I remember one night I was preaching. And while I was preaching, there was a young boy in the right-hand side of the auditorium. And the whole time I'm preaching, he must have been, I don't know, eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And uh, I'm just watching this boy. The whole time I'm preaching, he's with his mom in the pew, in the in the seat, and he's just weeping. I mean, literally weeping. I thought for a moment he got in trouble for something. And that's how, how hard he was crying. But I recognized quickly that the Holy Ghost, Michael was there, that I recognized, recognized quickly that the Holy Ghost was touching that young boy. Nine years old, I think he was. Maybe even younger. And uh, as I was, as I was, uh, preaching, he just kept being touched by the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, I'll, I'll never forget this service. At the end, I gave an altar call for whoever wanted to be saved and live for the Lord. And can I tell you something that stirred my faith that night? Every single person that answered the altar call that night was 16 years old or, or under, 
We had some that were eight. We had some that were seven, some that were 10. That boy came down. That young boy that was weeping, the power of God was touching him. And then young kids started receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that service. And I'm telling you that this is what God's doing all around the world. There is a hunger. Let let me just say this. Don't ever believe what you see on the media. Let me tell you, they're never going to report the mighty revivals that are taking place. You're never going to see that on mainstream news. You know what you're not going to see? The fact that we are, are seeing today, by the way, the largest Christian gatherings in the history of Christianity today. Today. And I'm not talking about because people are gathering online. I'm talking about in person. Michael's oldest was the one that went up. So you remember Michael. So I want you to think of this. We are seeing the largest gatherings in person of Christians today in 2020 than in the history of the world. There's meetings. Let me tell you this. If you don't know it, there are meetings where people are gathering, Holy Ghost filled people are gathering to have revival where over two to four million people are in attendance in a building that's three kilometers long by three kilometers wide. That's one point, what, eight miles by 1.8 miles under roof. Looks like a huge parking garage. And they'll have two to four million people gather in person to have a Holy Ghost meeting. There's churches around the world today, hundreds of thousands of people coming. Do you know the crowds that we're holding today for Holy Ghost Christianity are larger than any music festival in history, larger than any rock concert, any sporting event, anything, any political gathering. But they're not going to report that on the news. They're not going to show you that on Fox News or CNBC because the spirit of this world doesn't want you to know that the power of God is moving in 2020 more than ever before. We're seeing the results of it more than ever before right now. It's the greatest day to be alive that there ever was. I'll be honest with you. It's the greatest day to be alive that there ever was. And we're living in it. Right now, we're living in it. Don't let the enemy pull the wool over your eyes or make you feel isolated and tell you, well, nothing's really happening right now and people are growing cold and people don't really care about the... Let me tell you, if people don't care, then explain to me how we're having the largest amount of Christians gather ever in the history of the Christian church in the 2000 year window of the Christian church largest today than there ever has been not online in person forget online in person it's the greatest day to be alive there ever was ever was Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail I don't care what the devil tries. I don't care what demon spirits do. I don't care what people with an antichrist agenda attempt. They will never be able to destroy the church. Never, never. They'll never be able to destroy it because Jesus said, I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's literally impossible for the gates of hell to prevail. Impossible. I want you to write that in the comments. First thing I'm having you uh, write in the comments tonight is this. The gates of hell will not prevail. That's true, Karen. The Bible does say that, that there will be people that their hearts grow cold and they fall away from the faith. But what we're declaring is that'll never be us in Jesus' name. I'm going to be hotter tomorrow than I was today. I'm going to be hotter next year if Jesus tarries than I was this year. 
No question about it. The gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you, Jesus. What a testimony, Michael. The gates of hell will not prevail. They can't. They can't. They don't have the resources to prevail against the church. The church is a force to be reckoned with. Let me tell you that. The church of God is a force to be reckoned with. And it's pretty obvious in Scripture that when the Bible speaks, Paul writing to the Thessalonian church says that there is someone who is restraining the Antichrist. The only person that could actually be moved out of the way, as the Bible says will happen, is the church. The Holy Spirit won't be moved out of the way. He's omnipresent. How would you ever remove the Holy Spirit from any location? He's omnipresent. The only individual that that could be that Paul's speaking of that's holding back the Antichrist from coming and setting up shop is the church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I say the church is a force to be reckoned with, a force to be reckoned with. As long as we're here, the Antichrist cannot take control of the earth. We are salt, we are light. Remember those two things. We are salt and we are light. We are salt and we are light. What do those two things mean? Number one, light drives away the darkness. There can be no darkness while there's light. There can be no darkness. Darkness cannot overcome the light. It's the point I'm making to you tonight. As long as there's light on. Think about this. Even if you sat in a massive room that was no pitch black, no windows, every light was off. Well, it would be so dark in that room that even if you held your hand up, you wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face. But even if someone that was a hundred yards away from you pulled out a lighter and lit it, and there was just a little flame a hundred yards away, just by that tiny light, you could hold up your hand and begin to see details just from a tiny light a hundred yards away. And think about this. There are hundreds and hundreds of millions some would say, I mean, if you if you include everybody, 1.4 billion believers in Christ on the earth today. One over one seventh of the world's population is filled with the Spirit of Christ, if you count everybody. And that's a light that cannot be hidden. The Bible says that we are a city that is set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. And as long as these people are here, you and me, then the darkness and the spirit of darkness cannot overtake the earth. It's not that it's not trying. It's not that it hasn't tried for centuries. It cannot because the spirit and power of Christ is greater than the spirit of Antichrist. That's what 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 is all about. You are from God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in us and it can't, the spirit of darkness cannot take over because we're light. But what else are we? Salt. What does salt do? In this context, it's a preservation. Salt preserves. Back in the day before they had, uh, you know, refrigeration and everything like that. One of the things they used to do to preserve meat was to pack it in salt because salt is a preservative. Salt's a preservative. And that's what the Bible's saying about us, that we are the preservative of the earth. 
Back in the day, if you were to take salt away from the meat, the meat would go bad. It would spoil. It would be rotten. It would be destroyed. And that is exactly what's going to happen to this earth when the salt is taken away. When the salt's taken away, then this earth will be spoiled. It will go bad. It will be destroyed. But while the salt is here, hallelujah, while the salt is here, the earth will be preserved. And that's what's a powerful thing. We're living in a season of grace where God is using us to reach the lost before it's too late. And time is running out. That's why it's so key that we walk in never-ending victory because we're not supposed to be focusing on us, us, us all the time. I'm not supposed to be a prayer project. I'm always in crisis, always needing some someone to help me. No, I'm supposed to live an overcoming lifestyle so that I can turn my faith outward and help somebody else. That's the key. And as I started prophesying last year, this was in West Virginia. I was at my uncle's church and uh, this was in November. And I began to preach, and as I was preaching, I felt the Holy Ghost come on me again. And I don't think this clip is very long, but I want you to hear what the Holy Spirit said. This was in Worthington, West Virginia at Calvary Temple Assembly of God. And this was the night we began to prophesy in November, right around Thanksgiving time. And I want you to hear uh, this word of prophecy, and then I'll be back, and I'm going to give you what the Lord put in my spirit, and your faith is going to go through the roof tonight in Jesus' name. But watch this prophecy, and then I'll be right back.
basically the Lord was telling us that things that were not his plan, things that were standing against his move and flow in the earth, he was going to tear down in 2020 and the things that would stand with him and stay with him and love what he loved and hate what he hated, he would grab them by his mighty right hand and lift them up and set them head and shoulders above the rest. I truly believe that 2020 is a year of separation. There is no, remember this, you can't have, because of the fact that violent increase will not happen for everybody, not because God sovereignly picks and choose who he'll ble- chooses who will bless, but because not everybody's willing to do what it takes to be blessed by God, there will be a natural separation between those who are faithful, diligent, and dedicated and people who refuse to be. It's just in the same way when you see people that, and I know I'm like the last and the worst person to ever give you this kind of an analogy, but it's like the people that are willing and dedicated to work out and those who just refuse to work out. Well, there's not everyone's not going to be at the same level throughout the rest of their life because they're doing different things. Their bodies will look completely different from each other because of their diligence and their dedication. And so it, it, they're not, one person's not going to work out six days a week and one person not work out at all. And they're going to spend the next five years looking exactly like each other. It's not going to happen. Anytime there's diligence, faithfulness, and dedication, it changes the way you look. It changes the way you look. Obviously, I'm the worst person to give a workout analogy because I'm not the workout guy. But at the same time, it's something we can all understand. And the same thing is true with the way violent increase works. It's not some, that's why I was, I've always been annoyed with the way that people do it, you know, on, on television where you got somebody that'll get up on TV and look into a camera and say, now I came to tell somebody I'm going to prophesy over you. Every person that's watching me right now, you're getting ready to go into a double portion. Well, that's not true. You can't look into, I, I couldn't do that. Even for those of you that are watching me tonight on the broadcast, some that'll watch later, some that are listening on the podcast, I can't look into this camera right now and prophesy to every single one of you. I tell you, every person watching me tonight, you're getting ready to step into the double portion. Well, not everybody is going to step into the double portion because I understand there's probably people that have that have tuned into the broadcast tonight just to sit back and mock what we believe and how we believe. We get them on here all the time. You know we do. Well, I could sit here and say every person watching me is getting ready to go into a double portion. Well, there's people that won't. I can't sit there and confess that over every single person in my services and every person watching on TV and on, online. It doesn't work that way. Because, and I tweeted this last week, no man of God can prophesy increase over your life and override your own personal disobedience or override your own lack of faithfulness, override your lack of diligence and dedication to the kingdom. It doesn't work that way. Every blessing you receive from God, let me just say this, the best a man can do for you in this New Testament covenant, the best, even a man of God, myself included, the best that I can do for you. And I look, I believe in impartation, just released a book on it. I believe in spiritual impartation. I understand that I can impart spiritual gifts to you. I can strengthen you. I can help you to level up. But 
One of the things I cannot do and will never be able to do is override your personal choices. And I could never override your personal obedience and your diligence and your dedication to the kingdom of God. I can't do that. I can't force you up to the next level. I can't force any person to obey God's word. And so people can prophesy until they're blue in the face. But if the person they're prophesying to does not obey the mighty word of God, there's no increase coming. There's no increase coming because it doesn't work that way. And, and you know, I laugh. I'll, I'll, scroll, I'll scroll through Twitter and see people that are, you know, I know their heart's in the right place. Overzealous preachers on Twitter. I cancel every assignment of the devil over your life. Oh, really? You just released a 140-character tweet and canceled every assignment of the devil over every one of your followers on Twitter by one tweet that you just sent out? No, there's people that refuse to obey God's word and they continue to give entrance to the enemy in their life through their own dedication to the wrong thing rather than the right thing. So I don't care how many times people try to prophesy, I cancel, I cancel every attack. You can tweet all you want. You can put anything on Instagram you want. Double tap here if you believe in for increase. I mean, it doesn't work that way. And so people get all super spiritual on on, uh, uh, on social media and think they're going to go around uh, decreeing and declaring over everybody's life. But you can't just blatantly and blanketly decree and declare over every person that you see. This is your, you're going into the double portion. Well, that all is dependent upon somebody's personal dedication and somebody's personal obedience. Because understand this, nothing's automatic in the kingdom. These aren't, these aren't even, listen to what I'm saying. These aren't even promises. These aren't promises. These are covenants. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a huge difference. And I've, I've talked, taught this a lot on the broadcast, but there's a massive difference between promises and covenants. A covenant is two-sided. A promise is one-sided. So if I were to promise you something, I could say this, tomorrow at three o'clock, I will be at your house to cut your grass. That's a promise. It's only based on my integrity of my word. That's it. It's just based on my integrity. Meaning no matter what you do, if I'm a person of integrity, if you can trust my word, no matter what you do, you could be out of state. You could be at work. You could be home. It doesn't matter doesn't matter. I will be there to cut your grass. However, a covenant is different than a promise. A covenant is two-sided. A covenant says this, if you'll pay me $20, I will be at your house tomorrow to cut your grass. You see the difference? Because here's the difference. If you don't pay me the $20, I am not required to show up at your house and cut your grass because you had a part to play and I had a part to play. But if you don't do your part, I'm not required to do my part. And so that's the same as it is with God. No, no, notice this, that there is no straight up promise in the New Testament for the children of God. Even salvation is not a promise. It's a covenant. What is the Bible exactly, DJ? It's like a legal contract. It, what does the Bible say that we have to do to be saved? You know, just, the, just because Jesus died on the cross does not mean that every single person will be saved. Of course not. 
We know that from reading the Bible. So who then can be saved? Well, what did Paul write to the Romans? If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So your part is to hear the gospel, to believe that Jesus is Lord and confess it with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead. And that faith, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. So you understand that even with salvation, we have a part to play and God had a part to play. Jesus did his part and now we have to do our part. Everything in the Bible is a covenant. That's why even if you go to Deuteronomy 28, he said, if you'll obey all that I command you this day. Isn't it funny how many churches love to read Deuteronomy 28 like it's a, like it's a promise? Isn't that funny? People, you go to churches, my God, we're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Everything I touch is blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. I mean, literally. And they talk about it like it's a promise that every Christian is going to be the head and not the tail. Every Christian is going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And it doesn't work that way. Because if that was true, every single Christian you see would be blessed in everything they did. And they're not. They're not. Because it's not a promise. It's a covenant. God is not required to bless disobedience. I want you to write it in the comments. I know that blows people up in their theology, but I want you to write it in the comments. God is not required to bless disobedience. He's just simply not required to, and he won't do it. He will not bless disobedience. You know what he, you know what he blesses? People that are diligently seeking him. He's blessing people who are obedient to his word. In fact, Jesus taught that the clearest picture that you love him is that you obey his word. The clearest picture. The clearest picture. Really what we could do is say this, talk is cheap. Because anybody can say they love God, right? Anybody can say they love God. Let me ask you a question. If I was holding my wife by the throat and punching her face over and over and with every strike, saying, I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. Do you think she's going to believe me that I love her so much? Or do you think my actions are going to present a different truth to my wife? Because it really doesn't matter what I say as long as what I'm doing doesn't match up. Because you know why? Actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. And so it doesn't matter what you say if what you do does not match up. Doesn't matter what you say as long as what you do doesn't match up. That's why the, the book of James actually says that faith without works is dead being alone. He said, show me your uh, faith that you talk about, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Because it's by the actions of obedience that we are blessed. You know, and, I, and I've read this many times, but let me bring it up just for those that maybe haven't been on when I've read it. John chapter 14 and verse 21. This is so plain, and it blows people's minds when they come across this verse of scripture. Listen, Jesus said this, red, red words came out of his mouth red. 
Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Sarah O'Neill, I purposely didn't say that. <laughs> if you're making fun of me, I purposely this time did not say it's one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament. <laughs> but you see what G Je- break down for a second what Jesus just said. He said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. So what he's saying is people who obey my word prove they love me. What, what happens then? That's the prerequisite. What follows? And then he who loves me will be loved by my father. So do you see what Jesus is saying? He's saying that God's not even required to show his love to people that don't obey God's word. That's what he's saying. He said, not only will my father love them, I'll love them. And then I will manifest myself. And if you were on a few, what was it last week? We found in the Greek language, the word manifest or reveal is the word emphasizo. I will emphasize myself to them. Isn't that interesting? Not everybody, not everybody, those who obey his mighty word. He said, if you obey my word, then it proves you love me. And then my father will love you and I will love you and I'll manifest myself to you. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, what does the Bible say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anybody that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So what does he do? He doesn't reward everybody. He rewards those who diligently seek him. That's powerful, man. Because once you start to realize that my next level, my ability to go from victory to victory to victory to victory is based upon not God's sovereign choice, but my own dedication to obey his written word. This right here is my first class ticket into never ending victory. If I read it, I've got to do it. If I can read it, I've got to do it. If I can read it, I've got to do it. This word, can I tell you, I'm such a a stickler on this man, but I believe that this word right here, because it tells us, 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul wrote this. Paul wrote this. Paul said that all scripture is breathed out by God. Chad's asking, so not all of God's promises are yes and amen? The Bible says that. But what he's saying is not that they're not uh, yes and amen. They're already finished. They're already true. But they don't get transferred. You can't receive them unless you do your part. Meaning this, God will never change his mind. God will never back away from what he said. He'll never decide that he's not going to fulfill his end of the bargain. The promises of God are yes and amen. So be it. Let it be. Meaning God's part is done. You realize that God's not going to do anything else. He's done it. He did it when he sent Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, then Chad, I hope you understand what I'm saying here. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross and said, it is finished. It was finished right then and there. God's not going to heal people. He already healed them. He's not going to save people. He's already saved them. And what I mean by that is that salvation's already available. 
It's not going to become available. It's not like when every new person hears the gospel, a new salvation's available. It's already available. He already paid the price. It's already done. He's not going to heal you. Peter even said, by whose stripes you were healed. First Peter 2.24. It's not going to happen. It already happened. The promises of God are yes and amen. It's done. His word has already gone forth. His action's been taken. It's been sealed. Tetelestai is the Greek word. It is finished. It's done. And now the only way that we obtain the promises of God is through obedience and faith in his word. And when we have obedience and faith in his word, this is the key to never ending victory in the body of Christ. If I can read it, I must obey it. If I can read it, it means if God said it, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No outward, no other outward influence in my life over the word of God. If it's here in this word, I believe it. And so Paul told us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that this word was breathed out by God. So understand this, God is his word. I've taught you this many times. I hope it gets ingrained in your spirit. God is his word. And so as much as this matches with what God wrote down on paper through the men that were inspired to write it, remember this, this, according to scripture, this is as much God as the individual seated on the throne. (laughs) That blows people. If you've never heard that before, you need to hear it. You need to hear it. That's right. Theonustos. You're just missing a P and an E, billion. (laughs) This is as much God as the individual seated on the throne. You know why? Because God is his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What does the Bible say later down in the the, uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 1? And the word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. God is his word. That's why when you read verses of scripture like Isaiah 55, it says, when my word goes out of my mouth, it always accomplishes what I send it to do, never comes back to me empty or void, and it prospers in the thing that I send it to do. Why? Because God is his word. For anybody, any demon, any devil, any obstacle to say no to his word, it would be them saying no to him personally, and it's impossible. That's why when God speaks, everything must listen. All of creation hears his voice and must listen because God is his word. And so when you understand, and I hold this belief system, and I hope you do, and I hope you do, if you hold this belief system as I explain it in a moment, I want you to put a hand in the comments. This, what we hold in our hands, as it matches up to the original autographs, is the in inspired, but I don't stop there, inerrant word of the Almighty God. Not only is it inspired by God, it contains no error. Contains no error. If you believe that, throw some hands up in the comments that the word of God is inspired and inerrant. It is breathed out of the mouth of God. And because it is, this is as much God 
as the individual seated on the throne. That's the power that's in this word. It is from the mouth of God. God breathed. God breathed. That's powerful, man. And so our ability, I wasn't planning to go this direction tonight, but I felt the Holy Ghost guiding me this way. And I know it's stirring your faith, so I've got to to give it to you. That God's given us the ability to go from victory unto victory unto victory unto victory through our own obedience to his word. Do you know God will never put a cap on how high you can go? God will never put a cap on how high you can go in his kingdom. Never. Because understand this, his promotion is delivered to you through your obedience to his mighty word. As much as you can obey, he can promote. As much as you can obey, he can increase you. Without question. The more you obey, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. Let me tell you, when God rewards you, you will know you've been rewarded. Think about this. When God rewards you, you will know you've been rewarded. I mean, you look at how Peter just gave to Jesus his boat to use to preach the gospel. And he said, uh, you know, didn't even know who Jesus was at the time. He wasn't a disciple yet. Luke chapter five, he just shows up, Jesus on the shore, people are waiting to hear him preach. He jumps in Peter's boat while Peter's been out all night fishing. He's tired. He hasn't slept. He's cleaning his nets, hasn't caught uh, caught anything. And he says, push out a little bit. Let me teach these people from your boat. Peter didn't argue with him. Peter didn't yell at him, get out of the boat. You're trespassing on private property. Peter just obeyed. And let Jesus use his boat and pushed out a little bit into the water. And Jesus used that water and that shore like an amphitheater to carry his voice. And he taught those people. And when he was done, notice this, you can never obey the word of Christ without being rewarded. And he said, now push out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. If if you've not seen this, go there with me. Luke chapter five. I mean, I want you to see it. It's impossible to uh, obey the mighty words of God and to diminish. It's impossible to, to obey the word of God and diminish. You can't diminish. You'll not become smaller and smaller. You'll become greater and greater. You'll go from victory unto victory. Victory unto victory. Listen, the Bible says, <clears throat> he said in verse 4, Luke 5, 4, put out into the deep now and let down your nets for a catch. I love this because the Bible says, go to verse two. He saw two boats and the fishermen had gone out of them, were washing their nets, getting into the one of the boats, which was Simon's. He asked him to put out, put out a little bit from the land. Why? Because he was getting ready to teach. And when he had finished speaking, he said, now put, go out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we toiled all night and took nothing. I'm a professional, Lord. I I know how to fish. And we tried all night. There's nothing out there. But notice this. He didn't stop there. He said, but at your word, a second obedient action from Peter. You see this? Peter took three actions of obedience. Number one, he let Jesus step into his boat and use it to speak. Number two, he pushed further out into the deep to go fishing again And number three, he let down his nets. At your word, I'll let down the nets. 
And when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Hallelujah. Their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that both boats began to sink. What just happened? What just happened? God just rewarded Peter for his actions of obedience. You can't obey the word of God and diminish. Hallelujah. Notice, even in his own gifting, that was Peter's gifting, by the way. That was his talent. It was his livelihood. He was a fisherman. Even in his own gifting, when it could produce nothing for him, listen, it produced nothing for Peter. All night long, he fished. And his own talents and his own gift and his own skills could produce nothing for him. But then one word came from the Lord. One. One. And changed everything. Changed everything. And it blew their minds. Listen, they couldn't have caught that many fish even though they worked all night. And in one moment, hallelujah, in one moment of obedience to the voice of the master, they let down the nets and the fish started jumping in. And it was so much, catch this with me tonight, it was so much, it caused Peter's boat to begin to sink and he had to shout for his partners to bring the second boat. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. And his partners, just because they were friends with him, They didn't do any, there were no acts of obedience from his friends. The only reason they got blessed is because they knew him. Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you, there's people that are getting ready to get blessed just because they know you and you're obedient and you're faithful and you're getting ready to overflow. I said it last night, I began to prophesy. May is going to be a month of miracles. May is going to be a month to dance and to shout and to praise and to sing and to run. Get ready to rejoice Get ready to rejoice in the month of May. And they, the partners came over and filled their ship. Hallelujah. And both ships began to sink because of the overflow that came from one word from the master. Hallelujah. What did he say? He shouted out and told him, bring the, bring the boat. <laughs> I want you to put it in the comments right now. Bring the boat. Bring the boat, exclamation point. It's time to catch my blessing. It's time. I'm going to catch my harvest. I'm going to catch my overflow. Bring the boat. Bring the boat in May, in Jesus' name. Bring the boat in May, in the mighty name of Jesus. Bring the boat. It's time to bring the boat. Why? You're going to need somewhere extra to put what God's got ready for you. Bring the boat in Jesus' name. Bring the boat in Jesus' name. It's time. It's time for the excess. It's time for the overflow. It's time to be blessed. And our dedication and our increase is going to be seen through our faithfulness to the word of God. Bring the boat. I refuse to diminish. I refuse to go backward. I refuse to get small. That's not the promise of God's people. Smaller and smaller more and more insignificant. No, 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 no. I'm going to get bigger and bigger. I'm going to get so big, it's going to make the devil mad. Hallelujah. It's going to make the wicked angry. Can I just tell you all something? Just during this quarantine, I'm just practicing during the month of April. 
I'm just practicing during the quarantine. I'm doing what in the natural, I'm just doing a type and shadow of what God's doing for me in the spiritual realm, because uh, it is time to expand. And just in these last three weeks of quarantine, I think I've gained 16 pounds, 16, (laughs) 16 pounds, bring the boat. (laughs) It's time to expand. It's time to increase. We're going from victory unto victory. We're going from grace unto grace. We're going from favor unto favor. I mean, I did read in the Bible where it said when the anointing comes, it'll make your neck fat. (laughs) It's just happened to me in the natural realm. (laughs) He will make your neck fat. Did you know that when you read, and this is an interesting point, and I believe it ties in perfectly. Did you know that when you read, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. And it used to bother me a little bit because the Hebrew word here was uncertain. If you read in the original manuscripts, it's the translators may say, oh, the, the word here is uncertain in the Hebrew. But Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says um, that in that day, you can go there with me if you want. Stephanie, I hear you. Carb overload for sure. It's time to expand X. That's right. Um, listen to this. Isaiah 10, 27. Listen. And in that day, his burden will depart from your shoulder and his yoke will dis- uh, depart from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed. Now the King James says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. But if any other person, 1027, if any other person is with me in the word of God tonight at Isaiah 1027, what does your translation say? The yoke will be destroyed because of what? Put it in the comments section. I want to see it. I want to see what yours says. The yoke will be broken because of the, type it. Only the King James that I know of says the anointing. Newer translations Say something else. Yes, King James says because of the anointing. What what does the NIV say? What does the NLT say? What does the ESV say? What does the NASB say? If anybody has anything with you in front of you, type it. The yoke, look at that, because of the fat. Amplified says the fatness. Billion, what translation is that? Because of the fat. That's what mine says. It says, and the yoke will be broken because of the fat, ESV. NIV says it. MEV says the anointing oil. That's a, that's a King James tradition, the MEV, along with the NKJV. NLT says, and he will break the time of slavery and lift it off their shoulders. What about at the end? What about at the end? The anointing oil. Oil makes one fat. <laughs> the oil. I- interesting, the fatness. That's right. All the newer translations that are not in the uh, the fat, all the newer translations that are not in the King James tradition, where they just kind of retranslated what the King James said. That's what the new King James did. It's what the MEV did. Other translations, they kind of just delineated from the King James. But all those that are true translations, like the NASB, the ESV, others, they say from the fat. And if you look at the little footnote here, it says that the meaning of the Hebrew here is uncertain. Well, what does that mean? Remember this, because anywhere that you read in the Bible was talking about, in a spiritual sense, the fat. The fatness 
is actually a sign of the increase. In fact, back in those days, just the fat meant what you were doing well. <laughs> if you didn't have money, you see, it's the opposite now. Back then, if you were thin, bone thin, you were poor. But if you were heavy, then you were thought to be one who was doing well or who was wealthy. You had excess, you had overflow. And understand that the fat, the anointing brings increase. The yoke cannot stay around your neck. I like that because you become so strong in the NIRV. You become so strong. There's, there's no yoke that can stay. I think of it this way. When I was a kid, I used to have little Oshkosh Bagosh overalls and, uh, and I, all those little clothes. Well, let me tell you, they fit me then. But if I tried to put my leg in them now and tried to stick my leg through stuff that I've got, listen, I got stuff that I own from three years ago that doesn't fit. I've got, if I went in, I could go into my closet right now and pull out like some suit coats, suit jackets that I have. I put those things on. Let me tell you, if I stood up and showed you how the button looked on those jackets and I stood up and I actually didn't try to suck in, that button would look like a weapon of mass destruction. If that button let loose and you were in the room, you would be in danger of losing an eye. And what's happening is it's, there's getting ready to be a bursting because of what? The fat, the increase, the increase, the increase. The more increase there is, the less things that are binding you can hold you. The more you increase, hallelujah, the more you increase, the less the things that are holding you and binding you can contain you. You will explode out of every limitation that holds you. The more you increase, <laughs> Sarah's making me laugh. <laughs> I, I think of that, Ed, you know, fat guy in a little coat. I know, I know exactly what he's talking about. And you, you, this is, this is exactly true. You need to understand that the more you increase, the less the things that are holding you can contain you. And the yoke that the devil, if you've, if you don't know what a yoke is, if you just think it's something in an egg, if you've ever seen somebody that's Amish, that they are going down the road in a, you know, an ox cart or whatever it might be, they're pulling a buggy with horses, or you might see them in the field plowing with their oxen and they've got the yoke around the neck to drag the plow. You understand what a yoke is. It's something when you've got something in a state of slavery, you put it around the neck to drag a heavy weight, whether it's, um, uh, you know, a plow, whether it's a, a, a carriage, horse and buggy, whatever it might be, what are those animals doing? The yoke is put around their neck to make them drag heavy weight around. But notice this, the yoke has to fit around the neck for them to function as a, a beast of burden. But notice it's what the devil tries to do to you. He tried for every one of us to put us in slavery to sin, tries to put a yoke around our neck, burden of sickness and disease, depression, anxiety, sin and death. And Jesus allowed you to increase by his power to the place that no yoke can stay around your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because, well, whether you read it because of the anointing, because of the fat, because you've been made strong, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. 
It's all the same thing. It's the power of God causing you to expand and become enlarged by the power of his spirit and no invisible prison can hold you. You can't go from defeat unto defeat. You can't go from crisis unto crisis. You can't go from um, you know issue to issue and problem to problem. You go from victory to victory. You go from power unto power. You go from breakthrough unto breakthrough. You go from good thing unto good thing. Because of the anointing of God that's in your life, you can't be destroyed. Who does the devil think he's talking to? Who do you think I'm connected with? You know, I mean, think of it this way. Just think of it in a very carnal way. Can I explain it to you in a very carnal way? Think of like a mafia movie. Think of a mafia movie. If you're a connected guy, if you're a connected guy, if you're a, forget, forget a made guy, if you're a made man, let's just say you're a connected guy and you're making money for the mob. Let's say maybe that you, you own a jewelry store or something. You're making money for the mob. If you're connected to the mafia and people know you're connected to a crime family, somebody's not going to come into your shop and just slap you around if they know you're connected to a crime family. Because if you're somebody connected to them and you're with them and you're making money for them, anybody that's messing with you, if you look at the big picture, is messing with them. Anybody that is messing with you is messing with them. And everybody knows you don't touch it. You know, I remember, and one of my favorite places to be is Boston, Massachusetts. I love to go downtown Boston. I like to go to the north end of Boston. I've eaten there so many times. It's part of the reason my neck is fat. I've got so many places I like to eat in the north end of Boston. And that's the Italian district. And whether you believe it or not, Federal Hill in Providence, Rhode Island, Boston, Massachusetts, New York, the mob still exists. Whether you try to believe it doesn't, it does. It's still there. And um, I, I can remember even as a younger guy going down the street in the north end of Boston eating some of these Italian restaurants where I love to eat and looking on the street and there's like expensive vehicles sitting on parked on the street outside of these, outside of these places. And I look in the car and the cars aren't even locked. Literally. I'm sitting there looking like these people are crazy. We're in downtown Boston and these people got their cars parked on the side of the street in front of these restaurants and the cars unlocked just sitting there unlocked. And then the person I was with said, no, 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 the cars are unlocked, but that's because everybody knows who the car belongs to. And nobody is stupid enough to try to steal this car or take this car because they know who the car belongs to. It's not worth losing your life to boost a car because they know who owns the car and they know if they take the car, who is coming after them to get the car back. That's the key. If you're connected, see, that's why I say, you hear me say, you know, who does the devil think he's talking to? I'm not some little isolated guy out here all by myself, just trying, you know, talking a big talk and, and, uh, and sitting around running my mouth. No, 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 no. You don't know who I'm connected to. I'm a connected guy. I'm connected to the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's the part of this. If you understand how covenant really works, 
The, the Bible says uh, that there was people that cut covenant in the Old Testament. Two families, two tribes would come together and they would come into covenant with one another. There were multiple things that you would do to come into covenant. But one of the things is that both of you would take your shield and they would take a knife and they would cut a, 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 stri- a strip across the shield. They'd make a mark on it. I would make my mark on your shield and you'd make your mark on my shield so that if you, maybe you were in covenant with seven, eight different tribes. So if some rogue tribe came and tried to fight with you or your tribe, all you'd have to do is throw your shield down. And when that person saw that you had nine marks going down your shield, they recognize I'm not just picking a fight with this guy and this tribe. They've got nine other tribes at a moment's notice ready to come and fight alongside of them. Well, let me just tell you, I don't need nine tribes. I just need one, the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says we've been given a shield of faith. All I've got to do is throw that shield of faith down and let the devil see the mark that is upon my shield to let him know you're not just messing with me. You're talking to the covenant member of the family of God. I'm a son of the boss who sits on the throne in heaven. I'm an heir to the fortunes of heaven. Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're messing with? Who do you think that you're stepping up on? I am full of the power of the almighty God. Stop thinking of yourself as this little isolated, nothing believer that has to beg for power to come down from heaven. No, I am connected to the boss who sits on the throne. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Everything is under my feet. I go from victory unto victory. I go from favor unto favor. I go from blessing unto blessing. I go from healing unto healing. I can't be defeated. I will not be destroyed because I'm full of the power of the almighty God. Who does the devil think he's talking to? You're full of power. You're full of authority. You're full of glory. And you've got to take that authority and your obedience to the mighty word of God brings you into the victory. Hallelujah. Your obedience to the mighty word of God brings you into your victory. Not just one. What am I teaching on this week? Never ending victory. Love you, Jacob. Never ending victory. That's what I'm talking about. Not one every once in a while. Well, we pulled one out, gang. It's been three months, but we got a victory. No, I'm not talking about that. Never ending victory. That's what I'm talking about. That you don't go from crisis to crisis. You don't go from issue to issue. Your obedience, your faithfulness, your dedication to the mighty word of God brings you to never ending victory. I can't lose. Put it in the comments. I can't lose. I can't lose. I cannot lose. I want you to write that in the comments section and know it. Who does the devil think he's talking to? I can't lose. I can't lose. My obedience, my faithfulness keeps me in never-ending victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't lose. That's right. Write it. Write it. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Keep writing it. I cannot lose. Thank you, Lord. I love the Amplified. I actually want to read it to you from the Amplified. John chapter 1. Let me take you there. I'm getting ready to pray for you, but I feel the Holy Ghost on the... Can you feel the power of God tonight? I hope I'm building your faith. I'm giving you straight meat tonight. This is straight steak in the Holy Ghost. Ain't no milk tonight. Everybody that's watching, I hope you brought a bib because this is straight steak tonight. Because we need a strong word because we're in a time where we need strong faith. So we need strong sustenance in the Holy Ghost to build ourselves up. So I hope, I hope you're ready for this. But John chapter 1, can you feel the faith rising? Can you feel the faith rising? See, faith is rising, fear is leaving. Faith is rising, fear is leaving. Thank you, Jesus. Faith is rising, fear is leaving. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can't be defeated. Does the devil think he's talking to? He's a fool if he thinks he's going to take us out. A fool. An absolute fool. John chapter 1 and verse 16. I wanted to read it to you from the Amplified Classic. I love this. I've been in John 1. You could you could spend a year. I, I promise you when I say this. And by the way, you're not going to want to miss tomorrow in the morning because I'm going to take you through the Bible and show you how to effectively study the Word of God to gain revelation and then to keep the revelation God's given you organized and recallable at any time. So at 10.30 a.m., I'm going to take you through a Bible study example and show you how we study the Word and then show you how we log the thoughts of God that he's giving us as we study and how to be able to be a good steward. 10.30 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss this because we're getting ready to jump in in the month of May. We're going to read the, the entire New Testament in the month of May. I already have everything ready to send send to you. There'll be the the replay. Jacob will be up. You can watch the replay. But we're gonna. I'm gonna give it to you tomorrow, and then we have uh, starting May first. We're gonna do the Bible reading plan together. I've already got downloads for you guys. We're ready to go. I'm gonna have videos for you that that'll supplement, help you to understand as to how to study. We're building out a whole section of the website so that you'll have resources to understand how to study the Word of God. We'll give you the downloads so you know what to read. We'll keep you updated every day with what we're doing for that day. But I want to show you something that will really, really help you tomorrow, how I study through the Word of God, get revelation like I'm teaching you, and then how I log it and able to recall it at any time. No matter where I am, no matter if I have my phone, tablet, or my laptop with me, doesn't matter where in the world I am, I can pull it up at any time. Yep, 10.30 a.m., Eastern time. Listen to John chapter one. You could, you could stay in John chapter one for a year and still keep getting revelation. I promise you that. Do you know, and just take it from me, John, the gospel of John chapter one is one of the deepest chapters of scripture that you could ever read. It's jam packed with revelation. John chapter one. And let me just tell you this. If you just pray and God say, God, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and start studying John 1. You could stay there, man, for like three months, a year and keep getting fresh revelation out of it. I promise you. 
and I'll, and I'll show you, but John chapter one, verse 16, listen to this talking about Jesus. This is the amplified for out of his fullness abundance have we all received all had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. (laughs) Stop right there. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Go down to 16, that was 14. Listen to 16 again. And out of his fullness. So he has, think about this. So Christ has a fullness within himself and out of that fullness, Have we all received? Every one of us has received out of his fullness, which is eternal, by the way. His abundance, the Amplified says. And we've all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Time out. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Gift heaped upon gift. Thank you, Jesus. Gift heaped. You ever you ever do this? Anybody else ever do this before? Carrying in the groceries from the car. Maybe your mom or dad brought groceries home. Uh, maybe you did it, and you, you're, maybe you're an adult, and you're still doing this today, and you take a special pride in the fact that you carry the groceries into the house and you do everything you can to make only one trip. <laughs> I do it. I don't know what it is. It's like this thing where you you have to you, you want to carry them all in one trip. I will hold my arms out and just keep sliding bags of groceries up my arms, you know. And then after all the bags are slid up my arms and then holding the cases of water, you know, from Costco or whatever. And so I was like, one trip or nothing. Exactly, Kayla. One trip or nothing. It's like, there's like a special pride and joy when you can get the one trip grocery thing. You know, when you've got all those groceries, like, I got it in one trip. You know, and still somehow shut the car trunk or door with your foot, with your arms loaded down. Now, yeah, until they shake, till like all of the circulations being cut off from your fingers, your hands are purple going into the house. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, think about this. As you're going into the house, arms loaded down with bags, and then on top of your arms, cases of water, you know, with your pinkies hanging, hanging off the pinkies, the gallons of milk. <laughs> And you're going in feeling like your arms are going to fall off. Think of that feeling, the one that I'm talking about, as you're going into the house with every last grocery you just bought. And that's what John 1.16 is referencing. Gift heaped upon gift. Blessing, favor, heaped upon favor. One spiritual gift after another, heaped upon you heaped upon you. Think of the fact that God's just loading you down, loading you down, loading you down with his blessing. 
loading you down. Why? Because you're a partaker of the divine nature. You're a partaker of the divine nature. What I'm talking to you about tonight before I pray is this, that you're moving quickly from one victory to another, one victory to another. We're talking about never ending victory. Tonight, if you've missed what we're talking about, if, if this whole thing has passed you by and you're like, well, what, what's the point of tonight again? It is this, your own personal discipline, dedication, faithfulness, obedience is what governs your personal increase. It's what governs your promotion in the kingdom of God. You go higher and higher. It's not based upon God's sovereignty. It's not based upon what other people say to you. It's not based upon what somebody decrees and declares over you. It's based upon your faithfulness, your obedience, and your increase comes from your own obedience to the word of God. And I'm telling you, the the one thing, I love it. I've heard it, I've heard it preached this way, that if the mother Mary... Jesus' mother, the greatest thing she ever said that we could all take one phrase and run with it for the rest of our lives, John chapter two, she turned to the servants at the wedding and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That right there is the key for never ending increase in your life. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's the key. And I'm telling you, I, I am praying to build your faith. I'm praying to rile you up to the point where nobody could talk you out of it if they tried. Nobody could put you into a place of doubt and unbelief, anxiety and fear if they tried. I want to pump you. So, you know, it's like when I when I was when I was traveling, I used to do all these youth camps. There's always a uh, there's always a camp nurse. There's always a nurse at the camp. And she's required by law to carry an EpiPen. Anybody that's ever done any nursing, if Miss Luenda's still on, anybody that's done any nursing, you're familiar with the EpiPen. And I think is, I don't know for sure, is it short for epinephrine? I, I think it is. I don't know though, because I'm not a nurse. But the EpiPen, it's ready at any time to be jammed into the person that needs the EpiPen. And it it's like when you take a shot of morphine. My goal in these sessions is to put a shot into your spirit. Like, like jamming a supernatural EpiPen into your spirit. Is that what it is, Cassidy? Jamming a supernatural EpiPen into your spirit. Like a shot of morphine in the Holy Ghost that puts you, you know, that puts you to, in such a state of faith and, and, and boldness that it doesn't matter what the devil tries to put into you. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to send your way. It cannot, it cannot freak you out. It cannot scare you. It cannot put anxiety. It cannot put depression. It cannot cause you to go backwards. It's going to be a supernatural, that's exactly right, an adrenaline shot to your spirit. A supernatural adrenaline shot to your spirit. Because see, this is what happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what we're believing is, even during these sessions this week, is that you'll go to such a high level of faith 
that there's nothing you'll see on the news that'll take you down, that there's nothing you'll hear in conversation that'll take you down, but a supernatural shot of faith to your spirit twice a day, keeping you in a place of overwhelming joy and supernatural boldness to do what God's called you to do. And that's why we pray. I pray for you. You know, I understand, like I said at the beginning of this, I can't, um, (laughs) you're welcome, Cynthia. I can't determine your future, but I can surely push you in the right direction. I can't make you do what God told you to do, but I can tell you this, I can get on here twice a day and push you hard in the right direction. And that's what I'm doing. Pushing you towards victory. I'm pushing you towards increase. I'm pushing you towards healing, pushing you towards joy, pushing you towards your breakthrough. That's my job as a man of God. And I'm preaching the word to you to build your faith to the next level. And when you grab a hold of this, let me tell you, there's a spirit of faith that'll jump into you. If you were with us, I think we did 25 days straight of the spirit of faith sessions. They're still up in the playlist on YouTube. You can go back and watch the Spirit of Faith sessions we did starting in March. 25 sessions straight of the Spirit of Faith sessions. And I'm telling you, I feel that same anointing except greater now. These things are continuing to increase. And I'm telling you, you're going to you're going to feel. You say, well, brother, we don't have to feel it. We don't go by how we feel. No, we don't. But it feels good to feel it. The presence and power of God. I thank God that I can sense his presence. I can feel his presence. We used to sing it. I remember we did a song. It was like a camp meeting song. I feel your spirit all over me. I feel your spirit all over me. It's in my hands and my feet. Uh, something like that. That was like a camp meeting style song we used to do. I feel your spirit all over me. I feel your spirit all over me. It's in my hands and my feet. I love it. And you don't have to feel it. We don't go by how we feel. We don't govern our lives by what we feel like. But let me tell you, it is nice to feel the presence of the Lord. And I thank God I can feel him. I can feel his presence. Hallelujah. And there's victory for every single one of us. Bow your head. I want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Now, as we've been in your word, as we've received these, even these words of prophecy tonight, we thank you, Lord, that we will see with our own eyes in the month of May. We will see a month full of victory. We will see a month that will give us reason to shout, dance, sing, run, and jump in the presence of God because things are turning in our favor. And May is our month of miracles in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, as we said it tonight, bring the boat because we're ready for overflow. We are ready for overflow. Hallelujah. And so we declare it for the faithful, for the obedient, for those that are diligent. May will be our month of overwhelming blessing in Jesus' name. We will never diminish. We're not moving backward. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, send it from every direction. Blow your breath from heaven and blow us into our victory. I pray in Jesus' name. As you said, through us a few nights ago, Lord, that just as quickly as this stuff came, it's leaving in Jesus' name. Just as quickly as it came, it's leaving. Blow your breath from heaven. Blow every wicked thing out of our way in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you did it in the Old Testament. Do it for us in the new and blow our blessings to us. 
I pray that you blow souls into the kingdom. Let so many people come into the kingdom during this time as new believers that the churches won't have room to house the people that are coming in. Let souls be saved on every side in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise for that and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. I pray you bless your people supernaturally. Lord, if people are battling in their body, heal them tonight. Let this be the night we receive healing virtue into our bodies. Make us whole in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are battling in their mind. Bring peace, Lord, joy. I speak to a spirit of heaviness, depression, anxiety. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.